You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you'll explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee. Hello, villagers! Hello! Oh my goodness, I'm so excited for this episode. If you know me, you know Halloween is my favorite holiday. I love Halloween. It's Halloween. I love it so much. I love the scary. I love the costumes. I love the theatrical pieces of it. I love the decorations. I love the feeling of fall. I love October. I love pumpkins. I love not pumpkin spice latte, not Uggs, Ugg slippers. Love my Ugg slippers. You get it. I love it. I love October so much. It's my favorite month. So Halloween is definitely my favorite holiday. In true Halloween form, I wanted to bring you a horror story. I love the show American Horror Story. I love it so much. I have followed it from the very beginning. Every single fall, I look forward to it. And obviously, the season about the witches was my favorite season. Duh. Anywho, how are you guys today? I hope that you're doing really well. October is coming to a close. It'll officially be Halloween next week. And it's starting to get cold up here. So I think the year is on on its way out. It's getting ready to wrap up. This is a really good time for you to start thinking about how you want to end this year. And a little bit more forward thinking, you can start thinking about what did you do this year that was really great that you want to continue for next year? And what did you do that wasn't so awesome that you want to improve on next year? What's something that you dropped the ball on completely this year, but you're going to commit to picking it up next year and making it come to fruition, whatever that looks like, whether it turns out to be something or it turns out to just be another acquaintance, you will pick that back up and you will get the ball rolling again. What does it look like for you? Sometimes I think we get lost in like having these short-term goals. You know, everyone's like, don't plan so far in advance. Of course, I mean, you shouldn't plan your whole life like that. That makes so much sense. You do have to plan small goals, things that you can take bites out of and, and you know, do it incrementally. We do a lot of talking about incremental up-leveling and incremental, um, you know, putting things in your home and your life. But at some point, you do have to look at the big picture. So... 2018 is a year. What was the big picture? Did you hit it? Did you miss it by a lot? Did you just miss it? Is that going to be 
your same picture for 2019? Are you going to change it a little bit? Are you going to totally rewrite it? I think it's good to look into the future at least this far in advance. Just an overall, nothing super specific, unless that gives you comfort. If that's how you rock, go ahead and roll. Hey, I'm just saying if you don't make a habit of thinking, you know, in a forward manner, this is a really good time to just give your life a little pause, a little glance over, and make some small goals for 2019, some broad things that will help give you a little bit of structure because we're about to go into the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. And while that is so exciting, it also can be super busy and we can kind of lose ourselves. And with that comes losing our focus or maybe losing our goal or losing, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, that one thing that we're working towards. And so with all of that encroaching on us and that time of year coming very fast, I want to help prepare you. I want to help get you grounded before that time gets here so you're not scrambling to find yourself and to balance all of that anxiety that you're kind of going into this already with a balanced mind. Gosh, that was good. I hope that you found that a little inspiring and I hope that you found it also thought-provoking. I hope that you kind of leave here and you're like, hmm, I should think about maybe not three goals for 2019, but it made you think about something that you should think about. We're all in this together, people. Huh. Thanks for showing up today with me. Happy Friday. We made it to the end of a week. This week was super busy for me. I wasn't as present on social media as I normally am because things are moving so fast. They're rocking and rolling here at TBHBTS behind the scenes for our listeners who are like, WTF, what is BTS? Behind the scenes, TBH behind the scenes. I'm so excited to share some of this um, once everything is locked in. Things get funky once you get so big and like so many eyes on you you have secrets that you have to keep and you can't tell people exciting things and it's not just you and hmm, entrepreneurship y'all happy friday thank you for showing up for me today by showing up here you are showing up for yourself before we get started in this episode, could I get you to click the pause button quickly and head over to iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and tell us some sweet thoughts that you have or something that this podcast has provided you, whether that means it is a village of people who get you or it has led you to another practitioner or another resource or maybe it has landed you another mom friend or whatever that might be. Let me know. I want to know what the podcast has done for you. I read every single one of them and I even share them sometimes. Um, people ask me about my podcast and sometimes I just bring up the reviews on there and I say, you know, there's no one better to tell you about my podcast than the people who listen to it. Of course, I think it's awesome. I'm the host. It's my idea. I love what I do. This podcast is like... My other child. I have Max as a child. TBH is a child. This podcast is a child. I love my podcast so much. And so 
I wanted to give you guys a chance to say what it means to you, and that is generally what I share out into the world. So take a moment, hit the pause button, leave some sweet words, and a five-star review, and yeah, I'm ready to dive in. You are listening to episode number 70. Oh my goodness, another Friday free talk. My IUD horror story. So this story starts out like so many of my other stories is I was trying to shift towards a healthier, greener, cleaner lifestyle. I was working on getting toxins out of our home and what I put on my body and especially like my self-care products so my face care what I use in the shower my toothpaste my deodorant things like that my lotions I wanted to really do an overhaul and I also did things like our cleaning supplies in our kitchen and our bathroom and the soaps that we use for our hands and even though we don't have children we do have a dog and so we have someone in our family we also walk around barefoot so all of us actually put our feet right on the floor and so we are all soaking up everything so in this search I learned how terrible birth control is for you and I mean of course I guess I understood that it was manipulating your hormones Duh, that's what birth control is. But I didn't realize the gravity of it, y'all. It is so bad. It is disgusting what it does to your body. Stay tuned for an episode later in November with Holly Griggs Ball, who is the author of Sweetening the Pill. And we dive into how nasty birth control is for your body. I also chatted with April Davis from the Vagina blog in episode number 61. And we talk about uh, various contraceptive methods that you can use alternative to all sorts of things. Um, so, yeah. Check it out. Lots of resources for what you can use for the natural uh, green, clean living. But for me, I chose the copper IUD. So it's important to know that I was on hormonal birth control for, oh my goodness, a very long time. Um, eight years. Nine years. Oh my goodness, nine years. Six of those years was on the depot shot. I was getting the injection. You get it four times a year. Um, I didn't have a period on it, and it was lovely. I loved it. Um, I thought it was great. I didn't notice anything in my mental health, and it helped me keep weight on. So if you've seen me or if you know me, I'm a very small statured person. I'm very thin um, and I'm not very tall and having a period is just not a like regular thing for me. And so nobody was concerned. My doctors were not ever concerned in all six years that I didn't have a period on the depot shot. So I go to the doctor and I say, I want to get this. And they say, cool, you have to be off of your depot shot for this many, you know, months. And here's this and here's that. 
and here's when we can put your IUD in. So that is July 2017, so I go to the doctor, and you have to have a consult before you can have your IUD placed. So I go to the consult. It is literally less than 10 minutes. And at the time, I thought, wow, this is awesome. In and out, how quick, how fast. Like, this is going to be fantastic. I had a male physician and... He never asked me any questions off of the very extensive sheet that I had just filled out. And I had actually like put time and thought into the, the answers rather than like what you normally do when it's just a checkup. I knew that I was like having something put inside of my body that was good for the next 10 years. So like this was, this has a possibility to stay in me for 10 years, right? And he didn't ask me anything. So I thought, mm, okay. I don't know. He's a professional. I guess it makes sense. So that was that. I thought it was awesome. Quick in and out service. It was amazing. I felt comfortable. He asked me if I had any questions. My questions came from what I already knew. Um, you know, I had just asked people. So I asked the same questions about the pain and how long the procedure was going to take and what the procedure looked like. And, um, you know, I clarified the success rate of the IUD. And I wanted to know all sorts of things. So I asked, I think, what you would typically think of your typical questions. And then I asked him, is there anything that I need to know? Is there anything that I haven't asked that I should know? And for me, I feel like he had the opportunity to tell me a lot here, and he didn't. Um, so I had heard previously to the procedure that it was like very, it was like a very bad period cramp, and that taking it out was just a quick little sharp pain. Putting it in was a little pressure and then like a really bad cramp. And you may have a little bleeding and you may not have a little bleeding. Most people were like, I mean, I cramped for a few hours after and then I was fine. Some people were like, I mean, I was down and out for the rest of the evening. But by the next morning, I was good to go. So I felt confident in all the questions that I asked in that consult. I also felt confident that I had opened up the floor to say, is there anything that I should know? And I haven't, I didn't know to ask. And he said no. And so we scheduled the procedure and we went on and it was like maybe the next week that I went back. And so we're at the end of July and it was, this is like so traumatic. This is the most traumatic thing because they brought me in. There was no prep. There was no prep for it. I just came in like a regular person um, and for a regular checkup. And they brought me back to this room. They told me, obviously, to get undressed. But I didn't have to take off, um, like, my top stuff, just the bottom. And they gave me the drape and everything and put out the stirrups and told me to put my feet up. And... I had prepared myself, so you have to think, I've seen a lot of births. I've seen a lot of women 
go through childbirth, right? A lot of natural childbirth. So I've seen some women cope with with some some pretty big pressure, some pain, if you will, even though I don't love that word. It feels appropriate here. So I had mentally prepared myself. I had done all the mental work. I had done it. I was there. I was so ready for it. And we start the procedure and everything's going great. And he says, are you ready? And I said, yes. And he did something. I mean, you have to think I'm already like open. I'm talking speculum in locked and loaded like we're ready to go. I thought this was a simple process. This is what I had come in for. That's what we had discussed. He told me that it was such an easy process, right? I had asked about the recovery time and he also told me just a few hours. So he says, are you ready? And I say yes. And I ask him for 20 seconds of like to let me get my meditation going and then to proceed and he did that and I felt one of the most intense pains I've ever felt in my life and I breathed through it and that was it and I I was like oh my gosh was that it and he was like what no and I said what what did you just do to me? I felt like you were ripping out my uterus and my ovary. Like, I felt like you were ripping out my insides. Then he said, oh, I'm sorry. I was just measuring your uterus. And I thought, you have got to be kidding me. I mean, I'm, like, crying at this point, you guys. It's This has killed me. That pain that I felt was so intense I just knew that I knew it was over. It wasn't. Oh, it was far from over. So we continue, and I was like, holy smoke show. How is this going to get worse? What? Okay. It can't be worse. Like, that must be what it feels like. If it is worse, I'll probably breathe through it, and that'll be that. Like, so many people told me it was not a big deal. I just went through that. Not a big deal. So we go on and we do the same thing. I ask him for the 20 seconds and then to, you know, proceed. He starts the procedure and I feel, I thought that first one was excruciating. I felt like he actually did rip my insides out of my body. I immediately recoiled. I felt my entire body jolt and tense and he jumped back and and he looked so I mean I let out this blood curdling scream and he looked like oh shit is the the look on his face. And he says we're going to take a pause, a check-in. And the nurse is like, uh, okay, a check-in. And he begins to, like, rattle off these questions. I don't even know. I'm in excruciating pain. This procedure has to be done. I don't know what the FDF those other women were talking about, but this was hands down the most excruciating thing I have ever been through.
I died on the inside. It killed me so bad. I am just silently sobbing on the hospital bed, the procedure bed, the gynecology bed, chair, table. And the nurse comes over to me and tells me that the IUD is still not in. And I throw up. I say I'm going to be sick. And then I say, what do we do? I didn't know my options. I wish I had had an IUD doula out there. I wish I had had a birth control option doula out there. I wish I had had somebody with me that knew what my options were at that point. I actually wish that I had had somebody with me before that could have told me that this doctor was doing everything wrong. Those questions that he asked at that pause, that check-in, after the blood-curdling scream, after he had put me through excruciating pain, after we had not communicated all of my options in the consult, I wish I had somebody there to say, you have more options. It makes me sad, but it fuels me because that's exactly what I do for my clients and the TBH villagers. And so that's what gives me hope. So the nurse tells me it's still not done. And I ask her what we can do. And she tells me that she thinks they should put me to sleep. So my car is outside. It is 2.30 in the afternoon. Everyone I know is at work. I don't, I didn't come prepared today to be put to sleep. I, for, for me, that's like kind of a thing. I don't really just show up places and be like, sure, casually put me to sleep today. I wasn't prepared for that, so I said no. The other option was to take it out and come back another day. My cervix and my uterus was probably inflamed, they thought, at this point. Um, they blamed most of that on what appeared to be my anxiety. They gave very little credit to the actual pain that my uterus and cervical canal were experiencing. So I asked if there was any other option, and they said to keep going. And so I chose that option. I said yes. And I also told the nurse that she was going to have to probably hold my shoulders down to keep me from moving because I didn't know how I was going to be able to keep going. And... That's exactly what she did. She climbed on top of that bed and she put all of her weight on my shoulders, her palms dead on my shoulders and held my body down and it was traumatic. It was awful. I don't really have too many words to say about it except um, I, I felt hopeless and I felt helpless and I felt like I did not have any way out of that situation and so I chose to ask a nurse to basically 
assault me or to help with one because I didn't I didn't know how I was going to get out of this situation That's how so many people feel when it comes to their birth. That's how so many people feel when it comes to their pregnancy and when your birth takes a left-hand turn or when your pregnancy doesn't turn out like you think it's going to and when those first few months home after your baby's born is total chaos and not the Instagram squares that you thought. It sucks. I've been there. And I made those choices out of fear because I didn't know what else to do. And so for me, I wanted to use this story to empower you. But this story isn't over. So after I got that IUD placed, I had intense pain um, for the next few days following um, for actually about three or four days, I was pretty much locked to the couch. I eventually was able to like walk to and from the bed and the couch in the bathroom. Um, and then eventually like I could get up and sit up for meals. And then I began to be able to like go up and down the stairs that we have at our house. And then I was able to like ride in the car. But for a good four days there, I was not only homebound, but pretty much bed bound, um, couch bound. And I didn't think some, I didn't think it was all right. I knew something was wrong. I knew it was wrong from the very beginning. And I was bleeding heavily. So I let this go on for two days and I called the doctor and they said that was normal and to be expected. And I should call back if it was persisting more than like 10 to 14 days. And I thought, oh my God, I have eight to 12 days of this left. Okay, here we go. And so after four days, the cramps stopped and I was able to move just fine and, and the pain kind of went away. And it was just the bleeding. And I'm talking like heavy bleeding, y'all, like heavy bleeding. And I was having to wear tampons every single day, all day long. And I knew that that wasn't healthy, but I also had no clue that doing that would make the inside of your vagina raw like minced meat. And so I got to a point where I couldn't put a tampon in. And it was literally painful because the inside of my vagina was raw from having foreign object cotton swabs in my vagina. And so I had to order Think's underwear, which is something that I had been thinking about. And this was a great excuse, but it wasn't something that I had planned on doing because of my IUD. So you can see the ripple effect here. So I buy the underwear and I think, okay, I'll get to the 14 days and um, I'll call the doctor again. And I did. And they said, well, you know what? You haven't had a period for six years. And so you should just expect a little a little more bleeding and I said okay well it's been two weeks so how much longer and they said why don't you call us if it persists for another two more weeks so I did and they tell me to wait a few more weeks and I say okay well how many more weeks and they say about a month what four weeks did you hear me say that I had already been bleeding for four weeks? And I'm not talking spotting or like intermittent periods. I am talking all day, 
every day. It's like I have an opened wound that is not going to fix itself. Something is wrong. I'm telling you something is wrong. And they tell me to come back in a month. So I call back in a month and I demand an appointment. They didn't believe me because I wasn't having pain. I demanded an appointment and the doctor wouldn't see me. Sent me for an ultrasound, an, an intervaginal ultrasound. Not comfortable and extremely painful for me. And the tech's face immediately told me something was wrong, not only because of how much pain I was having, but when she looked at it, her face said it all. I didn't know what was wrong, but something was not right. So she tells me, thanks, you can get dressed. Your doctor will call you with the results. Take a left out and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Be, for, be sure to check out with the front desk. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold up. I don't see the doctor. And she says, no, your doctor doesn't have an appointment here. So I say, okay, thank you. And I just march right across to the office and I say, I need to see this doctor. And there's some scrambling and there's some phone calls and there's some, hang on one second, so we'll be right back. And people run into the the back and and then they come back and say he doesn't have any time on his schedule today and I said okay well I'll just see anyone in the practice and they said we you need to make an you need to make an appointment and I thought you've got to be kidding me I am fighting I'm standing here in person fighting to have something foreign taken out of my body that you put there and something's not right, and everyone knows it's not right. It's clear that something's not right. Why is nobody helping me? I'm not angry. I'm not yelling. I'm being really nice. I'm as calm as I think you can possibly be. There were tears welling in my eyes, but for heaven's sake, I was scared. I didn't know what was wrong. On everyone's face, you could see there was something not right but no one would tell me. I eventually had to tell them that I wasn't leaving there until they took my IUD out. I didn't get my IUD taken out that day, but I did get an appointment on the calendar. <laughs> I did get an appointment on the calendar to have my IUD taken out. IUD taken out. A month later, they couldn't fit me in for four weeks. It was insane. When I had my IUD removed, I was under the care of an amazing doctor who has now retired. And I'm so sad because I trusted her. She righted a wrong that was so incredibly traumatizing that it is a scar on me that will be forever. Um, I feel like I've moved past it 100%. I 
I think probably in my birth journey, it might come up a little bit. Anything is going to come up like that um, when you're down there. And so, AD removed. She spoke with me about my real options. She apologized and told me that she knew all about the experience that I had had and promised me that it was a one-off case if this is not what it normally typically looks like. I was very um, anti-IUD at that point, right? I was totally pumping back on the depth of air. I get this thing out of me. Absolutely not. No one is, is allowed down there anymore. Um, I'm definitely not going to have something put down there for permanent no thank you and she was able to talk me off of a ledge she was able to talk me back down um to my original goal which was getting off hormonal birth control because the copper is is just the copper because it's a natural spermicide um she was able to talk to me about the pain medication that I should have been offered in the beginning. I also have a friend who had told me about the pain medication that I could use. And yeah, so advocating for yourself. What did I learn from this experience that I really want to share with you? This was about me, you guys. I should have done my research. I should have, I should have known that two weeks after your IUD is placed, you should go back for a consult. I should have known that you can ask for a cervical ripener that will help relax your cervix and thin things out and make it easier to put this IUD in. I should have asked for a provider that had done so many IUDs. I should have never allowed that doctor to place my IUD after I left and I thought that it was a little strange that he didn't ask me about any of the things that I wrote down. But I sloughed off that thought. I sloughed off that second guessing of myself and do I know better than my doctor? The answer is yes. I did. I knew better than my doctor in this situation. I knew that my doctor needed to know specific things about me. And instead of advocating and saying, I need you to know these, I left it in his hands to read that piece of paper. That's my fault. I shouldn't have let him out of that room without letting him hear straight from my mouth exactly what I wanted him to know. So that's on me. It turns out that this whole setting boundaries thing was more of a me thing than it was um, a doctor thing. However, I do want you to walk away knowing how to set boundaries for your birth. And so you can visit episode number 37, Bullying in the Birth World, part two advocating for yourself. So I'm diving into all the things about knowing your options, knowing how to talk to your healthcare provider, asking your doctor the right questions, and doing your own research. I'm stepping you through that me journey piece of this. Don't be afraid to take charge. I was just talking to a mom today who was telling me that she was so proud of herself for actually asking the right questions and that her midwife was so receptive to what she had asked and that she never thought she could be in this much control of her birth. Come on, guys. You can do it. I know, I know, I know you can take control. 
check out all these wonderful episodes of the Tranquility Tribe podcast that I have mentioned in this episode. If you don't mind taking 60 seconds to leave a five-star review and some sweet words on our podcast. And if you could, take a screenshot and share this with a friend, a pregnant mama, a mama who's trying to conceive. Maybe it's a dad that needs to know what his female partner is going through. Maybe it is a sister-in-law or a grandparent or a best friend. Whoever it is, maybe it's your Instagram. Put it on your stories. Let everybody see what you're tuning into. I'm so grateful that you tuned in today. Thank you so much. I hope that this episode gave you some fuel power. I hope that it put a little light under your rump, if you will. I hope that it inspired you to take some massive action no matter where you are in your journey of life. Thanks so much for showing up for me today and tuning in. Happy Friday, y'all. See you on Tuesday. As always, villagers, find your tribe and love them hard. Did you know that you can join our online tribes? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching the Tranquility Tribe podcast on Facebook. And our Instagram tribe is Tranquility by Hehe. If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquilitybyhehe at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers.